Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome to my podcast, How Not to Write a show for the novice writer. Two years ago, I decided to write full-time, and boy, was I overwhelmed by the information out there. And some was contradictory. That's why I created this show, so that you, the novice writer, can come to one centralized place to save you the trouble of clicking on every website out there. Join me each Sunday for your daily dose. Without further ado, let's get started. You're listening to How Not to Write with Janae, Season 1, Episode 5. Hello, hello, hello. I am your host, Janae, and you are listening to How Not to Write, a show for the novice writer. I'm bringing you another injection of writing tips and tricks. Now that you have the mindset, you've penciled in the time, and flushed out your characters, it's time to plunge in. Ready? No? Or why? Do you dread the flashing cursor staring at you? Don't worry, I got you. The first thing you want to consider, well, maybe not the first thing, but it comes to mind, is if you, do you really need a prologue? Yeah, I went there. Am I serious? Yes. Some genres even call for it, like fantasy is one, or sci-fi might be another. According to Oxford Language, the website, it defines it as a separate section of literary and musical work. Basically, it's an intro to the first chapter of your novel. It's an intro into the story, 
Don't confuse with the preface, which is a piece of written by the author telling the reader why the book exists and the subject of the piece and the goals for the book. It's different. It'll go on a different page. That would be before the prologue. For the prologue, you swap the first chapter's hook, putting the hook in the first chapter, and you put it in the prologue. A hook, a preview of what's to come. Do you have a crucial background information to share? Did you know that when you have a character who is important, but can't be seen or remembered by your, your MC, you should have a prologue? For example, I wrote a prologue for my book, The Lady of Death, because I had, actually I had two prologues. When, like I said before, I have like 40 versions of my book, and even now I'm writing another version of my book, literally rewriting it, and I'm fast-tracking it, which is writing it really fast. I mean, most people take like a year, or maybe two or three, to write a book, but you know, since I have a lot of time, I can write it like in a month. Anyways, I wrote one that was um, a character that didn't have um, a point of view. They were a side character to be introduced later. And I actually cut that character out altogether. I didn't even, I made them into somebody else in this version. Which is kind of sad because I kind of liked them. They were um, non, non-linear. I think that's what it is. I don't mean to disrespect anybody that is that. I just forgot. Like, really forgot. Bi- non-binary. That's what it is. Non-binary. They, they were non-binary. And um, they were sassy. But <laughs> anyways, the prologue I have now is a little teaser of what's to come. So like, you know when movies open, they have this prologue um, that they do where it's a little bit of action. That's what mine is. Mine is a introductory to showing the main character's lore and like an injection of action because who hates action? I don't. That's why I wrote this book. There's another book that I wrote. Um, it has a prologue too. And well, I'll tell you about that later. <laughs> I know I just brought it up, but my mind works very differently than most people. Anyways, getting back to what I was saying, when I made the prologue for the Lady of Death, it's not longer than two pages. And I mean with Microsoft Word. I'm not talking about like a normal paperback, the little ones. I'm not talking about that. That's probably like four pages. But um, I wrote, I kept it short and to the point. I didn't go into um, backstory. There was no backstory. It's just action that happens before the inciting incident takes place. And that's what your prologue should be. It's like the inciting incident before the inciting incident. There's this big taboo thing about prologues. Like people will literally skip your prologue, especially if it contains backstory. And it's like, 
I don't know, 11 pages long or something like that. They do the same thing to adverbs. They say adverbs are like taboo and you shouldn't use them according to Stephen King, which pisses me off. But I say screw that. I will put what I think I want. Well, no. I will put anything I think the readers will enjoy or need in the story. I don't make it boring and I'm not overstepping my bounds, but if I think it needs that piece of chunk of information, I put it. So like I said, keep it short and to the point. So here are some ways to keep to write a prologue that sinks its teeth into your readers and never lets them go. Under no circumstance, I know I'm repeating myself, but you gotta understand. Do not dump this chunk of information to your readers. Like, there's nothing more boring than seeing a wall of text in a novel. Like, no breaks, no nothing. Just a chunk of text. Even I am opposed to that ish. Yeah, your background is relevant. And yes, you can use it, but you need to learn how to add pieces along. Okay, it's like seasonal. Do you dump a bunch of seasonal on the chicken and hope for the best? No. You sprinkle it along for the best flavor, and you use different types of ways to season that chicken. Your writing is like that. Trust me, I understand. But last week I said, you have to learn to kill your darlings. Well, I didn't stutter. Writing is a lot like playing a game of Jenga or stacking dominoes, if you know what I'm trying to say. Or like stacking cards, a house of cards. You take your time to build this delicate structure. It looks, feels, and seems strong. But then some butthead comes along and knocks down your, your whole thing. Don't get mad. Let it motivate you to build a firmer foundation. Plus, if you outline, and I mean to the barest bones, like you don't have to go overboard like some plotters do. Now, I'm not talking about all plotters. I'm just talking about the select few of you that go little overboard with your body. Like, write a mini book before you write the damn book. Sorry for my my cussing, but it, it was warranted at the time. If you write you an outline, maybe a sentence for each chapter or each plot point, you will have the foundation that I'm talking about. And if somebody does come along... Now, when I say somebody comes along and wrecks your whole thing, I don't mean literally. I mean somebody like a beta reader will read your book and they'll be like, I couldn't follow it or I hate it or, you know, you shouldn't have this. There's a lot of people, beta readers, who are not nice and they don't know how to give criticism, constructive criticism, without being rude. And the thing is, it's like, it's like they are backseat drivers, is, 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 is what I'm trying to say. Like, they think they know better than you, and they've never written or even maybe read in your genre. 
Those are the people that I hate. Those are the people that ruin writing for a lot of writers. Like I said, three only 3% of writers finish a book. 3%. That's that's nothing. Like most people get into writing because they think it's going to be fun. No. Sometimes writing is bad. Writing bad. Like if you lose your muse or your, the honeymoon is what I call it. The honeymoon phase of writing, which is where you have your all the ideas come to you and you can just, just you know, it's flowing. It's flowing. And then they hit a brick wall. They give it to somebody to read and that person does not know how to give cor- correct constructive criticism. Yeah. And then the person just thinks, why am I doing this? And they put it away, never pick it up again. Maybe when they're older, they pick it up and they're like, why did I write that? I don't want that to be you. So take heed to what I'm saying. Don't give up. Never give up. Now, another thing I like to dangle in front of my readers to make them read my prologue is to make it stand out from my first chapter. This is the reason I mentioned keeping it short. Remember, you have to sell your book on your prologue if you include it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Or wait, isn't that an exciting incident? Well, no, and yes. Yes, for your current novel's timeline, you need the jumping off point. But, I mean, it's like stacking the dominoes. The prologue is, okay, it's like the inciting incident is what you're trying to do. It's knocking, it's the, the motion. It sets the dominoes in motion. The prologue is the hand that tips it over. Maybe write it from another character's point of view, which is cool. Maybe make it from the godlike or narrator's point of view. It can happen a few days, months, or even years before the inciting incident. The last way to dangle the hook in front of your readers and sell that prologue is to pull on your reader's heartstrings. Yank those mofos. Then keep them there. That will keep them there. If you do it right, it will definitely keep them reading. I guarantee it. You are a skilled writer. I mean it. Time for your audition. Give it your all. In my new adult work in progress, or WIP, 
I t- it takes it takes place ten years before the actual story. She goes into detail on the moment she changed, which is my I say she because is narrating from her point of view the moment that changes her personality. It happens the night her father leaves for the very last time. It took place on Christmas. Yeah, I know. Wow. Her mother and father are f- arguing. And her father is, her father comes out of the room where they're arguing, carrying a suitcase. And she's like five at the time, so in her five-year-old brain, she knows what's going on. So he leaves her with a memento, which she keeps for her life. And it pulls on the emotions it pulls on the emotions of loss. It's a go-to, but it needs to be done right. So find a, a, a book that does a prologue well. I mean, there are hundreds of books, literally, that do prologues and they do them well. For instance, my favorite all-time writer was Jackie Collins. She's dead now. She died of breast cancer. But she did prologues really well. I mean, you can read J.R.R. Martin, but fantasy isn't the only genre that needs a prologue or includes one. There are others out there. Tell me which one you find. I love reading. The last thing I want to talk about is the epilogue. If the prologues are the demons of writing, then the epilogue is the angelic twin. Yep, they're opposites. One goes in the front of the book, not before, like, it happens after the preface and the chapter location. And the epilogue goes at the end. It's the last chapter. I say chapter, but it's it's at the end. Not really a big deal, but it tells what happens to the characters after the resolution. It's not necessary, but for for me, it's like the whip topping of your Sunday. Now, if you are writing a sequel or a series, this is your time to shine, baby. Here, you can give hints about the next book to come, or you can have a cliffhanger, which is perfect. It's perfect. You need to tie up some loose ends? This is where they go in a neat row. If you have many points of views, like you have multi-point of views, you can do this in the epilogue for them too. For instance, all of my books have an epilogue. In The Lady of Death, I have one to tie it up and hint at my second book in the series. And I said series, and I mean series. (laughs) But movies do it this well. They make us ask who's going to be in the next movie. One of the bad movies do is show you in a trailer that a character is going to be in the movie. And then you go to the movie expecting to see that character. They're not there. It was just something to hook you. Kind of like when you go on YouTube and you're like, they say, this is amazing. You should watch this. And then they start talking about something depressing. I see it all the time and it pisses me off. The Rick Roll. That's what I was thinking of. 
Anyways, I love, I used to like that, that song, but now I hate it. <laughs> but mainly I'm talking about superhero movies. I'm not gonna say which ones, but there's a lot of them. And I don't want to get sued, so I'm gonna skip over that part. To satisfy your reader after they've read your content, don't tie up everything. A cliffhanger may not fit your genre, and a happily ever after might be too cliche or boring. And we hear at how not to write don't do boring. You have to balance answering the major plot points, but it's okay if you don't say everything, if you don't tie up everything. Let your reader come to their own conclusions, which is a good idea. Maybe you can jump forward in time after the resolution has been reached. Tell your reader what your characters have been up to. In my case, I left a cliffhanger in my last chapter, which literally takes place hours after the last chapter ended, because I know if I left it that way and just put it in a new book, people will be pissed off. They will write bad reviews and send me death threats, literally. So keep that in mind when you write your epilogue. I mean, these are all tips that I use when I write my epilogue. These are things that keep in mind. And if you don't know if you're, keep it short as well. I don't like to repeat myself, but you need to keep it short. Seriously, burritos have long memories and no one likes to hear the same thing over and over, which I need to follow that practice, but I'm trying. Finally, your prologues and epilogues should feel like they belong with the overall tone of your novel. Be consistent. Don't make it jarring to read. Remember, just because you have a prologue doesn't mean you have to have an epilogue. Now, switch that and reverse it. And above all, keep it engaging. If your prologue is boring, they will never purchase your book. In the same vein, if your epilogue is unsatisfactory, your reader may feel cheated. Get an impression by employing beta readers. Now, I brought this up before. Beta reader is basically someone who reads similar genres. They can give you an idea if your book is working or not, or if you need to tweak it, or if you need the prologue and the epilogue, basically. And you don't have to wait until your book is done to implement them. You can have a work in progress and still get an idea of where you should tighten up your story and where you shouldn't. Now, don't go overboard with this about getting beta readers because that is what happened to me. I got a beta reader for every section and I changed it. And then I went back and got another beta reader to read what I changed. So I basically had like 70 beta readers or something. Seriously, on the same book. I will talk about beta readers a little bit later. But you need a beta reader. Seriously, it's part of the process. Well, this is the end, my friend. Learn something? Good. I did too. 
It's a wonder the things we can learn about writing a book. It's definitely a process, and the great thing is you can take your time, unless you have a deadline. Like if you have a publisher and they're like, you need to write this in like six months, you need to do that. Do that. Remember, if you want to get a hold of me, I can be reached at my website, www.JanaeWritesIt.com, or you can email me at JanaeTheWriter at Yahoo.com. Submit your questions and I may feature it on an upcoming episode. I'm almost done with getting my podcast and my website up and running. So I want to start doing giveaways so you can win. So keep listening. Also narrate my debut novel. So if you want to listen to that, it's called the Lady of Death podcast. And I also have another podcast that I'm doing um, about mental illness. It's called Vilified. So you can check those out. Or not, you don't have to. But it's a wrap. Well, that's all the time we have. Did you learn something? Yes? Good. Connect with me on Twitter at JanaeTheWriter1. Please subscribe and visit me on Patreon for even more perks. That's www.patreon.com. Janae writes it. Hope to see you again and take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.